The following audio is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe is available at axechurchleander.com. We are really blessed to have Tanner Olson, who is a, one of the workers at a partner church of ours, Axe Lakeline. Uh, and he is a really gifted speaker, uh, so we're excited to have him. And we're in a series called Hashtag Blessed, and we've been going through the Beatitudes and how the blessings of God look different than the blessings of the world. Uh, and he's going to be focused specifically on uh, something that comes from Matthew 5, 3, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted, and looking at how Jesus lived that blessing out in the story of Lazarus. So I'm going to invite you guys to read along with me. Uh, if you've got it on your phones, it's going to be John 11, uh, and I'm going to read the entire story. So here we go. You still have to listen to me talk. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with an ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, The illness does not lead to death. It it is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews who were just seeking to stone you are there. Are you going to go there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if he seeks anyone who walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I will go awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they had thought he meant he was taking a rest in sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there so that you might believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Mary and Martha to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Mary said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming to the world. When she said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and calling for you. And when she heard it, she quickly rose and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in a place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to tomb to the weep. But when Mary came to Jesus and was where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, And the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in the spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? 
They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also kept this man from dying? Then Jesus moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead men, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said, did I not tell you if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know you always heard me. But for this account, I say for the people standing around that they may believe you sent me. When he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. My name is Tanner. Oh, are we there? Uh, my name is Tanner, not to be confused with Brittany. Um, it, is, it is good to be, like the microphone, first joke. Oh, gosh. Okay, it's going to be a long time, guys. Uh, well, good morning. My name is Tanner. It's good to be with you all. Uh, I serve at Axe Church Lakeline as missionary of discipleship. Uh, and so when Pastor Josh asked me to be with you all this morning, uh, greatly honored. And so it's good to be here as you step into the second week of hashtag uh, blessed. And like we talked about, we're uh, reading through John chapter 11. Um, when I uh, asked Pastor Josh if he would read all of John chapter 11, he was like, you want me to read all of John chapter 11? I was like, yeah, could you just read all of John chapter 11? He's like, all of John chapter 11? I said, yeah, just all of John chapter 11. So you made it through that part. The kids did a great job. Anyways, uh, so we're going to be in John chapter 11, and we're going to walk through that together while looking at Matthew 5 verse 4, which says, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Jesus says this while giving the, the Sermon on the Mount, this, uh, the, the Beatitudes, speaking this beautiful message, but a beautiful message that, like most, uh, gets a lot of attention, but a lot of pushback as well. Jesus redefines what a blessing is, showing us that it's nothing like we think that it is. And through these verses in John, we see the heart of Jesus, the heart of Jesus, the focused mission of Jesus, but the man of Jesus and the divine Jesus collide. And in these first few verses, we're reintroduced to Mary and to Martha. And we've met Mary and Martha before. Back in Luke chapter 10, Jesus is passing through this village, and Martha opens up her home for Jesus to come. And Martha and Mary are both there together. But Martha's in the kitchen, and she's preparing food. She's getting the house all ready because this is Jesus. Like, he is coming into their house, and so she's getting out all the fancy soaps, right? She's getting out all the nice plates, the fine china. Like, she is getting ready. But Mary at this time, where is she at? She's at the feet of Jesus. She's listening to him speak, listening to his teaching. She is captivated, listening to every word while Martha is distracted by serving. And so Martha gets frustrated with Mary, who is just sitting, listening at Jesus' feet. And so Martha walks into the room to grab Mary, to get her to help, or to kind of show Jesus, like, hey, it's me, Martha. I'm doing all the work inside, remember? And this girl's just, like, sitting here listening to you talk, like, what's this all about? And so she goes in there, and she goes, Lord... Don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell me, or tell her to help me. And this is classic, right? Like, and I'm sure some of us have done this before. Sometimes we're so certain that we are right, so we go to someone else, just to set someone else straight. Like, look at what I'm doing while this person's just sitting and listening to you. And I'm sure Martha is expecting Jesus to respond with, you know what, Martha, you are so right. 
You are incredible. Look at you. I can't wait to eat those cookies. And this girl's just sitting here listening to me. Can you believe this? Go in there and help her. But Jesus does not say that. Jesus responds differently than we expect, and that's usually the case, isn't it? He says, Martha, Martha. And anytime someone says your name twice, you know it's not a good start. Martha, Martha. Has anyone ever said your name twice and it ended well? No. Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Mary has chosen better. She has chosen Jesus. She has chosen the one who blesses those who mourns. She has chosen the one who mourns with those who mourn. She, she is the one who will, she is with the one who will comfort those who mourn. And so as we see in John chapter 11, this is not their, their first visit with Jesus. Jesus knows them and they know Jesus. And so as we walk through the story of John chapter 11 together, we have to ask this question, where is everyone coming from? Where is everyone coming from? And this is a question that you and I get to ask throughout our daily lives as well. As we wake each day and as we step into, into relationships and into conversations, where is this person coming from? Because you and I both know that people are always going through something. They're mourning something, struggling with something, or asking some sort of difficult question. And maybe like you, like some days I am better at this than others, looking and seeing where somebody else is coming from, understanding that we all have a different background, a different story, a different struggle, a different question that we are asking because we do. We're all going through something different. We all have this different background and a different story, a different situation and a different struggle. And we can see where Martha and Mary are coming from through all this. Right? Mary and Martha, they're hurting. They are mourning the loss of their brother, Lazarus. They're, Lazarus, they're facing this mountain of questions like, how am I blessed in all of this? And where is the blessing in this situation? When we open up to John chapter 11, the first thing we see is that Lazarus is sick. Mary and Martha, they send for Jesus, which is a great choice. There is a problem, so they turn to the Lord. They turn to the one that they can count on, the one that they can trust. And Jesus, he receives this word that his friend Lazarus is sick, but he doesn't drop everything and, and run to, to Bethany. He stays where he is. He continues to do the work that he is doing. And the first time that I read this, I thought, man, Jesus is kind of a jerk. Like, Jesus, they need you. Like when Batman sees the bat signal in the sky, he doesn't just like wait around. Like he goes and he does it, but Jesus, you're, you're going to hold back a little bit? You're going to hold back? Because we come to see Jesus acts at the right time in the right way, and often it's not the way that we expect it. He responds different than we imagine. It's definitely not the way that Mary and Martha pictured it going. And so just before Jesus arrives, we know that Lazarus passes. Mary and Martha lose their brother, but Jesus loses his friend. And sometimes I forget that Jesus had friends too, right? People who knew him beyond the miracles and the teachings, who heard these undocumented red-letter words of Jesus, who knew how he took his wine or the cadence to his step or the strength of his hug, people who knew Jesus face to face. And when Jesus and the disciples arrive in Bethany, they're greeted by Martha. Mary is still in the house. She doesn't know that Jesus is here. But Martha leaves her house. She comes and she greets Jesus, no longer concerned about the way that it looks or the food that she's trying to prepare. She just wants to be with Jesus. Maybe she learned something from Mary. She wants to be at the feet of Jesus just like her sister was. And she greets Jesus, pointing to her watch like, yo, man, where you been? And Jesus is like, I had to get my steps in. Right? They didn't say that. Second joke, bomb too? Oh, man. I'm not coming back. All right. Anyways, uh, uh, we had to get our steps in. Didn't work. Ah, another joke. Don't have that. Okay. It says, where have you been? Go to the slide. Wrong way. This way. 
Where have you been? He says, where have you been? And sometimes, and maybe you find yourself asking this too, Jesus, where have you been? You have prayed for something. You're going through something. You ask Jesus, can you, can you come into this? Jesus, where have you been? God, have you abandoned me? Have you forsaken me? Do you even care? How did you let this happen? You see, God's patience is has purpose. God's patience has purpose and his slowness is not spiteful, but there is blessing in the burden and there is blessing in the brokenness. Just because I don't know what's going on does not mean that God does not know what's going on. Because time and time again, we see that he does. And then we find this. Martha says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. How are we supposed to react to pain and to loss and mourning. But Jesus responds to our pain and our loss and our mourning, and he responds with hope. Our questions remain, but our hope is alive. And so Jesus responds to this by saying, your brother will rise again. He responds with confidence of eternal life and the certainty that his life will give new life. And so Martha responds to that by saying, I know, I know, I know. And the resurrection on the last day, fine, like I get it, I know Jesus. And so Jesus responds to that with this. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? There's a lot of different ways that we can read this. But if we think about the story, we think about where Martha is coming from, I don't think that she's standing really well. I think she's probably exhausted, probably tired from the weight of all the questions, from crying her eyes out, from wondering what is next. I don't see Jesus standing three feet away from her, but I see Jesus holding her in this. Jesus is holding her, saying, I am the resurrection. I am the life. Martha, whoever believes in me, though he die, he shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Martha, do you believe this? Do you believe this? That's for us this morning, too. Do you believe this? What a dagger of a question. It's as if Jesus is holding out his hand, asking us to trust him, inviting us into something better, something difficult, but something better, inviting us into a truth that not only gives us hope, but allows us to continue in this hope that he freely gives us. And we know that God's timing is perfect, but this question is being asked at a time of pain and a time of hurt and a time of, of confusion and uncertainty, a time when their faith is being tested. Do you believe this? That I am who I say I am, that I am the resurrection, that I am the life. Whoever dies, he will live. And whoever lives and believes in me will not die. Jesus is speaking as he usually does. He's speaking hard words, asking hard questions in the middle of a hard situation. He is stepping into the hard and the heavy waters to help the hurting. He doesn't avoid the conversation, but he steps directly into it. Have you ever tried to talk about the situation? without talking about the situation at all? Like you wanna know how someone is doing but you're afraid that they might talk about their feelings? Or you wanna comfort them but you're afraid to mention the thing that they need comforting from? But you wanna be a good friend or a brother or a sister or a good follower of Jesus but you don't wanna have to say the word cancer or death or funeral or divorce or infertility or suicide or racism or flooding. Because when we say it, it becomes all too real over and over again. You want to comfort them just like Jesus comforts us. You want to step over the messy and get to the way that things were before whatever it was happened. But this isn't how Jesus handles things. And that's, that's good news, that this is not how Jesus handled things because he's not afraid of our mess. He's not afraid of our mourning. He's not afraid of our situation. But he leaves what he is doing 
and he arrives. And it may not be at the right time, but he arrives. He shows up, and he steps directly into the situation. He doesn't step around it. He doesn't avoid saying the hard things, but he steps right to her, holding her, right there with her. Mourning is a mountain, and Jesus climbs it with us, and he shows us that we don't have to do this alone, but as a church and as people together, we get to mourn together. We don't have to mourn alone. Jesus, he brings us comfort in this, a healing reminder of something greater than life on earth, but eternal life in him, while knowing that while we live on this earth, we get to celebrate the resurrection and the life. And Martha responds, maybe through tired tears, but she says, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who is coming into the world. Martha, she confesses her faith face to face with the one who placed faith in her. How neat is that? That she gets to confess her faith to the one who placed faith in her, talking with him. And then, and then Martha calls for Mary. She goes and gets Mary, and I can hear Martha telling Mary, hey, like, whatever you do, don't mention the fact that Jesus didn't show up here on time, right? Like, just, just don't mention it. Like, don't say that. It's not going to go over well, I promise. So Mary leaves the house and falls at the feet of Jesus, a place where she's been before. And what does she do? She says, now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet saying to him with tears, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And we can all hear Martha in the background being like, girl, I told you, do not say this. Like, why would you do that? That is not a good idea. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But it's fascinating how Jesus responds to Martha with this question or or this statement and how Jesus responds to Mary with this because he does it in a different way. With Martha, he asks her questions. He reminds her of the faith that's deep within her. He reminds her of what it is that he can do. But with Mary, he cries. With Mary, he weeps. It's like he knows exactly what they needed. It's like he knows exactly who they are working in similar situations in different ways because he knows who he is caring for. At first, it sounds like they're mad at Jesus, and maybe they are, but if anything, the statement shows the faith that they have in him, that they believe in the truth that he proclaims. They trust in his ability to not only be the resurrection, but to resurrect others as well. So Mary's crying. The Jews are crying. This place is going to flood, right? But Jesus himself is also deeply moved. We have to remember that these are not just people, but they're his children. They are his friends, his creation. And as you know, to see someone you hurt, to see someone you love be hurt, to see someone you care about experience pain, to be moved to tears, that's a hard thing. When I was in fifth grade, uh, we had to memorize three Bible verses at the school that I went to. And when I was fifth grade, so obviously I memorized John chapter 11, verse 35. Jesus wept. (laughs) I think that was the only one that I, I got right of all the verses. I'm not good at memorizing, which is why I'm looking down. Also, I'm terrified of you. Um, but Jesus, <laughs> Jesus wept, right? It's the shortest verse in the Bible, but the more that we look at these two words, the more power we see that they have, that Jesus wept. Jesus, God, wept. He didn't just cry, he wept. These are ugly, grown man tears, mourning the one who long before the death of Lazarus said, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. When Jesus says these words, and now he is the one who is mourning. But can you hear Jesus reciting this over and over in his head, standing outside the tomb where his friend lies dead? Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And what we hear in this is that this is not the end. But this is not the end, that this is not the end, and it isn't. And one of the many reasons why we gather together as a church is to celebrate 
the truth that this is not the end for us. Yeah, we get to live out the kingdom of God here on earth while knowing what it is that Christ has done freely for each and every single one of us. That Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead and so he will raise us from the dead as well. Jesus weeping is the last thing that I expected him to do, but again, since when does Jesus respond the way that we think he will? He doesn't raise Lazarus right away. He doesn't just snap his fingers and and Lazarus comes out, but he cries. He feels what we feel. It's not a show. He's not trying to win an Oscar, but we see the passion and compassion of Christ throughout all of this. Because like we talked about last week, like Pastor Josh talked about last week, Christ is drawn to the brokenhearted. He's drawn to us. He accepts the invitation, the opportunity to offer himself to remind us of hope and to show us that we aren't alone. And there's a couple of things that we see in this, in Jesus crying, that he wept revealing his deep compassion for the suffering for you and for I. We see that through his tears that Jesus connects with us. He shows us that to look past our differences and to simply be present with the hurting, that you and I don't have to have all the right words We can just be there empathizing with the person who's hurting, crying with the person who's crying, mourning with those who mourn. And Jesus wept for the affliction of sin, the pain and the depth of our sin, knowing what sin meant for us and ultimately what it means for him too. And we see that Jesus wept knowing that in a little while that he would be on the other side of this, that his mother Mary and his disciples would be standing where he is standing, looking and longing at the shut and the silent grave. And then Jesus says, roll away the stone, and then he turns and whispers, this is foreshadowing, and nobody else got it. And then Martha was like, yeah, but Jesus, here is the thing, it stinks in there. Like, it smells in there. Like, let's just leave him in there. It just smells. And Jesus was like, Martha, Martha, you literally, like, you literally said I could do anything, and now you're afraid of a smell. Now you're afraid of what this is going to smell like. Yeah, I know, that, I know that he's been in there for four days, but Jesus enters their mess to help, and Martha is afraid of the smell. And like Martha, maybe you and I are like that sometimes too. We pray, Jesus, will you help us? And then he does, and, we're, and, he, and he comes, and he's like, I'm going to do this. And you're like, mm, never mind, that looks messy. That's going to smell. You want me to change? I'm pretty good. I'm, I was just kidding. I just wanted to see if you were going to come. All right. We're afraid that it might hurt. We're afraid that it might require something else. We're afraid it might lead us to risk or change or uncertainty or a deeper level of trust. We hesitate to say, Jesus, fix this. Jesus, change this. Jesus, resurrect this. Jesus, heal me. Jesus, help. And we do ask, we want Jesus to help, but we really want Jesus to help in the way that we want him to help. Like, Jesus, I need a new job, but please don't make me suffer at all or I want this, or I need this, or I'm struggling with this. Can we just make it happen? Can we just make it happen? But that's not the way that Jesus does things. He does things better. One of the most dangerous prayers that we can pray is, Lord, have your way. We're inviting him into something. It's this posture. It's this prayer of surrender, not of selfishness. Like Martha, we close off the one who can free us. And for our situation to change, it might hurt. There's a good chance it will hurt. For our mourning to be comforted, it's probably going to be hard. But we unclench our fists and we uncross our arms. We live palms face up waiting for him to lead us because we know that Jesus makes things right. We know that he comforts those who are mourning. And in the stone, it gets rolled away. And we find this. It says, Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me and I know that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around that they, would, that they may believe that you have sent me, that he hears us. 
That Jesus, he always hears us and he wants to give glory to the Father in this. After all, this is about the kingdom of God. This is about more than bringing one man from dead to alive. This is about bringing more to know the truth that we gather around this morning. And then Jesus says, Lazarus, come out. And like we know, when Jesus says something, it happens. Get up and walk, and the man gets up and walks. Your sins are forgiven, and we know that our sins are forgiven. Your brother will rise, and now Lazarus is walking out. The dead man is now walking. And then Jesus says, unbind him and let him go. An invitation for us to take care of the hurting. An invitation for us to take care of those who are helping to unbind those who are shackled. Jesus turns their mourning into rejoicing. Yeah, there was pain and there was anger and there was a really bad smell. There was fear, but there was also sadness. But in the end, our mourning is turned into rejoicing. And when we look at the cross, when we gather around the cross, we see something really similar. We see pain and we see anger, we see fear and we see sadness, but we also see the overwhelming beauty of the cross, a place where our mourning is turned into rejoicing, a place of pain and heartbreak and sadness is the same place where we find life, hope, and joy. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Through our mourning, others will be able to see the goodness of Jesus. They see the goodness of Jesus, how he is at work in our lives. They see the mercy of Jesus, and they see the reason why it is that Jesus came. And they will see the reign and the rule of Jesus, even when it doesn't feel like it, or even when it doesn't seem like it. We may not be comforted the way that we think that we're going to be comforted, but we will be comforted. We have hope in the resurrection. We have hope in Jesus, the one who comes to save us, to seek and save the lost, to cry with us, to mourn with us, to be with us. And for all the uncertainty our future holds, we can be certain that we will be comforted, that our sadness will not last forever, that your pain will not remain forever, and that your tears will not drown you, that Jesus, he meets our mourning with himself. And he reminds us that this is not the end, that this is not the end. That we are comforted by the risen Jesus who lives and reigns today. And there is hope in this. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your love. That you step into our mess. That you come to us. That you're not afraid of the things that, that we're holding on to. The sadness or the mourning that we're coming through or going through. But you come to us. And you love us. Lord, give us the strength and the courage to love the people around us, to step into the pain of others and to show them your love and your mercy and the ultimate hope that we have in you. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for who you are. It's your name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Acts Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at actschurchleander.com.